All right. Can I send you something weird? Yeah, do it. All right, here's here's a good one. Here's a little weird thing. It's two screenshots. Okay. First screenshot, a picture of the Wikipedia entry for Wayne Gretzky hockey, which is like old school, man. And if you see in the top right-hand corner there, it has a little lock on the Wayne Gretzky article. And it says, this article is semi-protected until May 2nd, 2018 due to vandalism. That's awesome. And see if you can tell if anything's weird there. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to that line. This is the stuff that I love from Wikipedia because it starts out super chill. Wayne Gretzky Hockey is an ice hockey-themed sports game developed by Bethesda Softworks and first published in 1988. Sounds good. This game features the name and likeness of Canadian professional ice hockey center Wayne Gretzky. Bethesda Softworks published Wayne Gretzky Hockey shortly after Peter Pocklington traded Gretzky from the Edmonton Oilers to the Los Angeles Kings on the 9th of August, 1988. And then it continues. Bethesda Softworks followed the game with two sequels, Wayne Gretzky Hockey 2, 1990, and Wayne Gretzky Hockey 3, 1991. All good. Everything up to that point, super chill. Then... The game series inspired known video game guru and latest incarnation of the dead god Cthulhu, Todathan Coward, to produce his greatest known work yet, Wayne Gretzky Skyrim, set to be released on all consoles in 2018, where Todd will then proceed to devour the earth, snuffing out humanity like a candle, as prophesied in the ancient texts. <laughs> That's fine. That's Wikipedia for you, you know? This is a high school and college student's worst nightmare. Yes, it is. That changes like this are made. <laughs> That any teacher that, no, Wikipedia is not, uh, you know, it's not a reputable source. Yes, yes. No, no, it is not. But I, I also am very curious. There's a specific change. It's not just like, instead of, you know, being born in Canada, Wayne Gretzky was born in Africa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is very specific. So I'm very curious to know who changed it mm-hmm. and why they changed it. Mm-hmm. And if there is like a game in the works mm-hmm. called Wayne Gretzky Skyrim. There should be. Absolutely. Have you ever like come across like a weird Wikipedia vandalism thing like this? I'm not on Wikipedia as much as you are. You never look at, you never see like a weird thing, and you're like, that is definitely not right. No, I feel like sometimes these pages are like under controlled. You know, like who's actually checking Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, hockey, 1988, the video game. Well, he's not like super relevant right this second, nah. so people aren't you know policing it. No, nah, exactly. But then sometimes it's like a big one. My favorite example of this is there's actually a website dedicated to it called. Every topic in the universe except chickens.com. I sent it to you. <laughs> what? And this person created this website that had a idea for how to fix Wikipedia and vandalism, which says, Wikipedia is pretty neat. It's an encyclopedia that everyone can edit. This is old. Wikipedia was still kind of new when this was created. That's rad. There's a lot to learn about there. But Wikipedia has a problem. The problem is that dudes and ladies like to vandalize it with misinformation, <laughs> falsehoods, stories about their cats, and sometimes even pictures of wieners in articles that aren't about wieners. I saw that once, he says. <laughs> that is not cool because if you're using the internet for serious research, like you said, Ben, and you end up thinking that Jodie Foster was history's greatest villain, that's a problem. <laughs> yes, it is. This grim vision is possible with Wikipedia, and you would end up getting a D+. Plus. <laughs> now says this guy, there's a solution. All we need to do is direct our vandalism entirely to the article about chickens. <laughs> he's, he's trying to funnel it. Yeah, just funnel it it's all noble. in. It's yeah, noble. It's noble. I respect it. 
Imagine a Wikipedia free of vandalism. A Wikipedia free of pages that say Jodie Foster is history's greatest villain. I like Jodie Foster. I think she's great. Friends, this goal is within reach. I give you a new Wikipedia, a Wikipedia Evolved, a Wikipedia that lives here in the real world, a Wikipedia that makes just one tiny concession to vandals, a concession for the greater good. I give you Wikipedia 2.0, otherwise known as Wikipedia, every topic in the universe except chickens.com. Instead of vandalizing Wikipedia in general, we all just vandalize the chicken article. How does it work? Dudes already know about chickens. Ladies already know about chickens. Does an encyclopedia really need an article about nature's tastiest bird? You know the answer is no. It most certainly does not. This guy is... (laughs) This is... (laughs) Won't people on Wikipedia get mad, he asks, which I think is a great question. The voice of science tells us that it is impossible for a person to get mad when all their problems are solved. That's his answer. (laughs) Wikipedia's vandalism problem goes away forever, and all we ask is that chickens become the forbidden topic. We never talk (laughs) about chickens, Wikipedia can say. Don't ask. You may be asking yourself, hey, wait, is it not true that many Wikipedia editors are truly humorless about Wikipedia? That's true, by the way, 100%. (laughs) As someone who's tried to edit an article or two, uh, there's not a whole lot. So they put up a picture of Jimmy Wales, but they called him Jimbo Wales as to keep him a fictional persona. And they had him give a quote, which is, guys, it would be neat if you vandalized the chicken article, okay? (laughs) Fictional Jimbo Wales. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I'll move on from chickens. Okay, bro. Mm -hmm. Did you see this? So they're having a tumbleweed problem in Colorado. Okay. And uh, they can't get out of their homes. Really? So please (laughs) click on this video and look at the, the incredible amount I should play this. Oh my god. <laughs> this is incredible. It's insane. It's it's wild. It didn't even take me but a second to see the millions of tumbleweeds. And they say they said they can't get out of their homes. It looks like like a really dry bush just took over their house. Took over their house. Yeah, like yeah. We can't drive, we can't walk, we can't get out of our homes. Oh my gosh, it's like covering their cars and stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Weird. Yeah, it's like literally up to people's like second story windows and stuff like that. That is buck wild. How does that happen, does it say? Thanks to high winds in the area, uh-huh. the tumbleweeds have gotten so bad. I've never thought about where a tumbleweed comes from. It's just uh, dry weeds? It looks like it's just has taken over roads and yeah. taken over houses. It's it's all the like suburban homes that yeah, are like of, way yeah. out in the middle of nowhere in Colorado and have like it's all kind of these um similar looking houses all in a row and there's nothing around them because it's people that have kind of gone out to live somewhere alone. This reminds me of like arrested development. Yes. Like the, the very blues, much you know, development. Very much so. But yeah, I mean it's just a hundred percent like people up to their eyeballs and frickin' tumbleweeds. <laughs> Scroll to the bottom. Yeah, there's a person. <laughs> you see the lady, the yeah, news reporter? Reporting, yeah, <laughs> That is so weird. I've never really thought about, I mean, I used to live in Colorado. I've never really thought about what a tumbleweed actually is in real life. That's a, that's a very confusing concept to me. I don't think I've seen a tumbleweed I don't think in so. real life. I don't think so either. So I guess it's probably just some weird dry brush that, like, that falls off a uh, bush or yeah, tree and, and god forbid that you know something lights <laughs> these tumbleweeds on fire yeah it's kindling it's just prepping the houses to all burn you know i was thinking about that a while ago about how there's no place that you can go that's like safe from natural disaster you know yeah yeah and so 
you live in Florida, you have to deal with the hurricanes. You live in California, you have to deal with the earthquakes. You live in Hawaii, you have to deal with the volcanoes. You live in Colorado. I would have said you had to deal with the tornadoes. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is that section of the states. But now, we got a whole other thing to deal with. Tumbleweeds. Yeah. There's a little bit of shade in one of these tweets, I feel like, which says, Tumbleweeds surrounded a pregnant woman's home near the fountain, which I guess is the suburb, so she called the fire department to clear a path, period. She's okay, period. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, you know, I live on, you're here with me right now, and I live on a big property, and I don't know what to do with half my property, so I can't imagine if I started having, like, additional fauna roll up to my house and i have to deal with that too i can't deal with the bushes i have i don't want new bushes to have to deal with that's so strange blocking your entrance yeah that's crazy like you can't even start your car at the risk of igniting the dry tumbleweed so crazy so so weird how do you how do you get rid of that you just shovel it away just shovel it away i guess away it goes what a task yeah speaking of colorado in my childhood here's something i found recently and i i don't know if you know about this or not but i had never heard of this before do you know that there is a thing called PepsiCo Away From Home? And what it is... Is Pepsi Man involved? No, it's not, no Pepsi Man, at least not that I know of. It is Pepsi products, don't think Pepsi, think Cheetos and Doritos, that are made specifically for schools, mm-hmm, and you can mm-hmm. get nowhere else. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Take a look. Uh, what is the purpose of making school-specific products. Exactly. That's why I want to talk about this weird thing I had no idea existed. (laughs) Because, so I get marketing to kids. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But you're marketing something that they can't then go purchase. Yeah. We got Doritos RF, reduced fat. That's dumb. So see, these are like school-specific things, you know? We got Funyuns, baked, not fried. Okay, these are making sense. We got Cheetos Fantastics. Chili cheese. I think it's like a hot fry. Remember those? Those sound gross, uh-huh. but I want to try them. We got Cheetos Tracks Crackers. Okay. It's a Cheeto cracker. It's a Cheeto cracker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Cheeto cracker. <laughs> it's shaped like a foot, but it's a Cheeto cracker. Yeah, it looks like a paw print. Yeah, that's all. So this is, this is weird, isn't it? So the other ones make sense because it's like making them, quote unquote, healthier or more favorable, more, you know, appealing yeah. for school districts right. to sell. Yeah. But that Cheeto one, that's a different product. Yeah, it's that's just a totally, different mold. I've never freaking heard of that before. And I've never seen that mold before. Mm-hmm. So they had to, you know, go through some kind of work. It's weird. I don't get that. What is the what is the strategy behind making a specific product that the kids can't then go buy? It's probably like something that the schools made them do, don't you think? You know, like they're like, oh, we have to have a low fat option or a low sugar uh, That doesn't explain the new option. mold. Yeah, yeah, that one's the weirdest. It's just they decided, hey, we should try this cracker out on the kids. Because you know what? I would even argue <laughs> you probably could find a low fat, you know, l- l- um, baked version of a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But that different mold, mm-hmm. that's a cracker. Mm-hmm. That's a cheese it cracker. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Maybe it's like a testing ground, you know, and they're going to... Uh. They're gonna bring bring other stuff, but some of them, and maybe I'm maybe I'm out of the game, and I just don't know about stuff. Maybe that's it, though. What? Maybe that it's a safer yeah. test right. subject or testing area. Yeah. Because I bet you the school buys them in bulk, and then they know like directly, hey, how many kids bought this? You know, one cracker. Oh, not a lot. Cool. We're not gonna put in you know mass release. Yeah, exactly. We got baked white cheddar Cheetos. Okay. And. Wild white nacho Doritos? Those sound good. 
Is that a thing? Wild white I've nacho. I've never heard of that. Me either. I've, Reduced I've fat, seen, of course. Reduced I've seen fat. the baked Cheetos before. Yeah. Let's read some of the information. The coolest cat is back on campus with a new <laughs> snack cracker preferred two to one, asterisk, asterisk, among students when compared to similar cheese cracker snacks. Very good marketing lingo we got going on over here. Maybe it's just a freaking test to see if kids like these weird Chester Cheeto crackers. Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember anything like that when I was in school. You know, I Not feel like we... I feel like whatever we had was exactly what they had on the outside. Although, I will say that there were certain things that I would have never eaten in normal life that I totally ate all the time when I was a kid. Like what? Especially in elementary school and middle school. Like uh, weird, like, I mean, Slim Jims, like I had those sometimes out, but like those were like a thing I ate all the time at school because they existed there. And there was some weird cookie not famous Amos, but something even weirder and more specific than that. That's it wasn't like, like grandma's. It wasn't something weird. Yeah, like a weird oatmeal cookie that I never. I don't even know if I've ever seen it at the store before. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure you can buy it there. But like, that was a hundred percent a school item. Did you ever eat weird things that you kept getting all the time? The weirdest thing. I mean, schools that I went to. Like weirdest thing was probably square pizza. Did you ever yes, that? yes, yes. Of that course. was like god awful. Yes, it's very bad. Um, yeah. Why do they sell that? That literally know. is so gross. It sucks. And uh, school lunch was such a horrible thing. Very bad. Anyways, um, I discovered uncru- uncrustables. Okay. Th- that was like probably another. I remember weird. those. I wonder if yeah, those probably still around. You know, real talk. We have those at our office, and uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. And we crush them. Okay. Good. Good. Um, weird milk cartons. Yeah, not a ton of weird, weird stuff. Just poorly prepared, like Salisbury steak or uh, weird soups. And mm. oh, oh, the worst oh, was during Thanksgiving, during November, they would do turkey. Yeah, and it was like in this weird gravy stuff. Yeah, and the mashed potatoes were dry as hell. Yeah, very bad. Gosh, did you have a school that bad. did like lunches and shifts? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like some kids would lunch go to lunch A, lunch B, lunch C. Yeah, see, that's a problem. When you think about that now, you're like, lunch C is a terrible idea. By lunch, see, everything's got to be really bad and gross. They're not keeping. They're not keeping things on the no on the up and up. And it's just heating lamps and <laughs> gross. Ugh. Yeah, not not yeah, good. School lunch is such a bad. Time. Did you have Did you have any strawberry chocolate milk? Dude, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, that's part of it. Everyone would always get chocolate milk, mm-hmm. and I didn't subscribe to that. Strawberry. I would do plain or strawberry if I was feeling froggy. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So now we know that the kids have something more than we do. But these all suck, so I don't, I'm not, like, jealous here. <laughs> None of these look particularly great. But, yeah, there's some, there's some special stuff going on at the schools these days. Dude, uh, I feel like I went to school, middle school, right before a ton of, like, health codes and, and uh, enforcements of, uh, you know, uh, nutrition and dietary concerns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because in my middle school, they had a ice cream machine, okay. vending machine. Good. Yes, yes. And kids would get ice cream every day for lunch. And that blew my mind. They yeah. would get like Twix bars. They would get like what? What was the good option? There was no good option when I was a kid. Every single meal was the most unhealthy thing you could have possibly That's had. True. That's true. And then they even did you? Did your school have the regular lunch line? And then they had the pizza line. No, my God, you That's, didn't have that. No, that's amazing. So they had regular lunch for the plebeians. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then if you were a rich kid, I was not. I never got this lunch. Yeah. They had pizza mm-hmm. brought in from like Pizza Hut or Domino's or something, oh, and then French fries. Kind of do remember it literally, this. It literally was the haves and the have-nots. It was mad depressing. All the regular people go over here, and then all the cool rich kids 
get pizza and fries. I kind of do remember that. And Gatorades and salads or whatever. Like, they just would get way cooler options. Yeah. But it just was way more expensive. That's weird. I had forgotten completely about that yeah. concept. I feel like Kids maybe... would just do a basket of fries for lunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and the sauces, you know? Genera oh, yeah. Ranch. Genera Barbecue. Oh, people gosh. dipping and mixing sauces. And... But they just have, like, a huge pump? Whew, yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Well, this is making my stomach hurt if I'm being honest about thinking about this kind of stuff. Also, another weird school thing. We had like ice creams in little cups with those little bad wooden spoons. I still like those. Yeah, but it's another one of those things where I don't know where. If you ask me, hey, can you go get me a little tiny ice cream in a cup with a wooden spoon? I'd be like, no, I don't think so. I know where to get those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess they're, I guess they exist. You want to know? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Costco. Or Sam's Club. Or uh, see, see, that's the problem is that I feel like in my generation, well, it's it's fine because it's still bad and it's just weird in a different way. But like, there was no reduced fat school only chips because I'm pretty positive that my schools just went to Costco and bought the <laughs> yeah. cheapest yeah. stuff they could possibly get yeah. their hands on and fed it to hundreds <laughs> of kids at a time. That was like their least, the least important thing to them. Absolutely. They just okay. We need to do enough so they don't die in our watch. Yeah. But get them out of our building. Yeah. Ugh, okay. I'm seriously not feeling well, so we need to move on from this topic. Uh, it's time for the dystopian corner. <laughs> we need a, a soundboard for it, a dystopian corner. Yeah. There is a, a super interesting uh, Twitter thread that this guy posted a little while ago that he called a timeline of predictions on what will happen in the future based on science and research. And this thing's really long. We don't have to go through the entire thing, but I wanted to show this to you and see if any of this stuck out. So I'll show you the first couple, then we can go from there. Mm -hmm. oh, and I'll kind of even skip around. By 2019, he says, bionic lenses will make eyesight three times better than 2020 vision. This is, to me, it's not interesting to think of this as uh, prove it or what's the debt. Like, I don't care. He's just openly guessing. He's just openly guessing. And I think it's interesting to think about time in this way because 2019 feels right around the That's corner. That's too soon for this and, prediction. And, and maybe, but like even that, it's just interesting to think yeah. it's possible, you know, and there's some interesting stuff that's pretty possible. In 2020, Apple will unveil their first car. By 2021, robot exoskeletons will be used to help paralyzed people walk. And the world will be introduced to the first space hotel. So these are like big things. But some of these are so obvious that it's like, you know what, why have we not seen the fruits of this yeah, earlier? Exactly, exactly. None of these dates seem so crazy. Yeah. But it's like, I haven't heard anything of them, mm -hmm. so that's where my doubt is. Mm -hmm. Not that these are not possible, but I haven't seen anything of it. So another good one is, in 2022, airplanes that use solar energy will become common, which is a pretty crazy idea. I never really think about that. That one makes a lot of sense to me. I wonder if it'll lower the price of flight. Totally. I mean, jet fuel is real expensive, and if you didn't have to worry about that anymore, it'd be pretty great. But, so let's, sit, let's put yourself in the place of the airline. Mm-hmm. I cut out my biggest expenditure. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping those prices to make profit. Yeah, well, that's that's a whole other problem. That's a, <laughs> that's a capitalism problem. We don't have to talk fully about that. Capitalism. Uh, another one. Uh, in, by 2025, wireless Wi-Fi charging, which I think maybe we can cut the Wi-Fi out there. By 2025, wireless charging will be used for most devices. And that one seems pretty 
realistic to me. I mean, we already got phones and yeah. stuff that does that, that do that. So, I mean, that one sounds pretty interesting. And like, I am excited for that concept that there might be a time where there's no longer a need to have charging wires. And I think that it's interesting to me that he's putting some pretty big predictions like a space hotel in front of <laughs> wireless charging. But that's kind of how technology works sometimes, you know? There's like this weird The luxury back and thing forth. and then the common sense yeah, thing yeah, comes Yeah, exactly, exactly. Another one, in 2025, 3D printed human organs will be on the market. That one, while I believe it's going to happen, I don't know that they're, maybe I'm not informed. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I see a ton of people like trying to push towards that. Like, is it is it a valve that you're placing? Is it a whole heart? Because you kind of need some kind of like soft tissue, no? Yeah. Probably. How do those things work? Like, how does like an artificial lung work? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not the right guy. Come on, be a scientist, <laughs> Drew. Here's another one I have no idea about. In 2027, robot bees will be introduced to help pollinate crops. Interesting. That one I don't believe. That's really? the first one that I was like that. I, that I'll say nope. How come? Too small. We don't have too crazy robots like that yet. Yeah, but we didn't have drones in 2007. But then all of a sudden, we have them everywhere in 2017. I guess. So, I don't know. That one is the least. The, the difference between a 2013 drone and a 2018 drone is pretty substantial. You know. Yeah, but the, it's going to have like. That on that scale, yeah. I mean that's that's a big jump. It is now extremely small and entirely automated and given a job and all of that stuff. So that's like a lot, and it executes on that job correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's an interesting concept. I mean, the next one's even bigger. Several extinct species will walk the Earth again in 2030, thanks to genetic engineering and cloning. So this one, surprisingly, mm. does not surprise me. How come? I don't know. I just believe it. If we can clone goats <laughs> and we can grow like uh, goats in like those little sacks, yes, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yeah, you, know, right. you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? totally. Then, yeah, we can grow a woolly mammoth. Okay. That one does not shock me. All right. Now, we shouldn't do Jurassic World Correct. because that would be dumb. Let's not bring the T-Rex back. Let's not bring the Absolutely. Velociraptor no back. Way. Mm-hmm. No way. No mm-hmm. way. But that one, yeah. Now, I, it'd be interesting to see the uses and purposes. Like, mm. if they're just bringing them just to walk the earth, mm-hmm. eh, I don't think they should. Yeah. If it's for educational purposes and to have, like, in museums and zoos and things, mm-hmm. I'd be more down for that. Yeah. All right. So I got us to 2030. There's another 10 years of predictions. Any of these stick out to you? Robot servants. Yes, but not how this image portrays it. Like, yeah, all the images, but yeah, these these all have images, and they're all the worst images of that so, you could possibly create. Yeah. So yeah, it's, by twenty thirty, robot servants will become common in U.S. households. Mm-hmm. That one I think is ha- going to happen sooner. Yeah, with the introduction of Siri and Alexa, right. and those kind of things, and Echo, whatever. Yeah, I think we're going to have smart homes and assistance in that way yeah this one has like a A physical manifestation will take longer but we already are having robot servants quote unquote and even if we have it this is like a very humanoid looking robot giving like a person a flower and it's a very strange thing it's like a like a butler but i could see there being some sort of thing that exists like a robot not like a voice but like something that does something but it's it's not going to be or and not at least right now, a humanoid, human-looking thing. We're, we're going to get an R2-D2 before we get a C-3PO. Exactly. I could see, like, a, a dumb example that comes to mind is when I do laundry, I have to take the laundry to the laundry, you know, they're gonna to upgrade the washer the and dryer. Yeah, and they're going to figure out some weird Roomba, exactly, where you put all the stuff in there, and then it wheels itself over to the the washer and puts stuff in it. Yeah, I and think... And takes it out yeah. and... 
folds it for you or something like that. You know, that's going to happen sooner or later, which sounds great because I hate folding clothes. <laughs> and I have not done my laundry for a little while because it's <laughs> annoying. Uh, so that'd be great. I have a Roomba and I use it all the time because it's awesome. I like robots that do chores for me because that's just thinking smart, Ben. I think, though, yes, I agree with you. I think AI and robotics are not on the same track, mm-hmm. are not on the same path. Mm-hmm. So it says, by 2031, human-like artificial intelligence will be created. I think it will be created, but in a program, in a, you know, uh, housed in a hard drive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the servants, the robot, you know, helpers will be, I don't think they're going to merge them anytime soon. That's a pretty crazy one, the concept of artificial intelligence existing in just I mean, look at stuff years. like Watson. No, but I, I mean, I think... There's a lot of things where the public perception of technology is really good, and then you look at it, you're like, man, it's bad, you know? Like, think of all the, I don't know if you paid attention, but a while ago, there was this big push for, like, Facebook chatbots. Yeah, I did see that. And they suck. Yeah. They're all bad, you know? And they're all bad because AI is not real. Like, Weren't those the same bots that created their own language? Yes, yes. Okay, so <laughs> there's maybe one or two bots that are doing real stuff. But the, most, the majority of them are, like, extremely dumb, you know? And even the uh, series and Alexas, and I probably just triggered a few uh, <laughs> devices, and I apologize for that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> they, they, you, have to, you have to speak their language. Like, you're talking to them in English, but you can't say, uh, I have an appointment tomorrow. Can you let me know? You have to say, set a reminder for an appointment at 6 p.m. to go to the doctors. You know, like, it has to be super specific. And I hate it. I never use it for that reason. Yeah. That I I can't remember the way that I'm supposed to talk to it. And I feel like even if the artificial... I don't use Siri on my phone because of that. Yeah, totally. Even if the artificial intelligence was just able to parse your sentences and let you speak... Like, you speak every time. That would be such a major victory. It'd be such a huge, huge success. So by 2031, you don't think we will? I think that will definitely Gotcha, happen. okay. But the concept of, like, a human, like, like an no, actual... No, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, that's why I said, like, they're on separate paths. Yeah, completely agree. All right, what else? Um, in 2031, Mars will send 100 humans to... Or, yeah, Mars 1 will send 100 humans to Mars. That one, I... I'm just, I have no grasp of like what really would take to send humans to Mars. Yeah. So I don't even know if that one's real or like how realistic that goal is. What about in 2034, telepathic communications will be possible with the help of computers? That one seems like a stretch. I know 2034 is a ways away. But these are, I mean, these are all stretches. It's just fun to yeah, think of about course. them it, as like, ooh, that's an interesting idea that I haven't thought about. They're a stretch until you change the date. Mm-hmm. If you said, 2050 even mm. then i'd be like yeah that could happen mm-hmm. 2034 is like in the realm of uh, i don't know that one i also don't know how they would approach it mm-hmm. uh, this one's super exciting to me power and telephone lines will be dismantled across many countries due to the development of wireless communications by 2037 good no more need for telephone lines no more need for power lines the yeah. telephone line one makes total sense. Absolutely. I don't think that we're going to have those for much longer. The power lines is interesting in the concept of us getting power from different sources or wirelessly or something yeah. weird like that, or we don't even need it in that same way anymore. It's one of those crazy things where I think that we everyone has grown very used to them because they've existed for lifetimes at this point. I can't remember. But like the, the power lines and the towers that hold them are so ugly. Yeah. And they take up so much of our landscape and they like 
block views between you could free a bunch up of so much things. space mm-hmm. by eliminating those yeah so there's there are a lot of interesting stuff on this i thought it was a cool one nearing 2100 the average employee will work less than 20 hours a week by 2080 deadly heat waves will become reoccurring in europe that one's a real bummer by 2075 androids will be the majority of law enforcement like there's you know it, it's stuff like this that i read and like even if i mean what one fourth, one fifth, one sixth of this all came true, even in 10, 10 plus years, you know, that would be such a remarkable shift in the world. And I think that it's funny to look at a list like this and remember, oh, yeah, there's such big change that always happens. And it doesn't really feel that way when you live through it one day at a time. You know, 2044, deafness at any stage will be able to be cured. 2042, we will be able to upload our mind to a computer. Like, if just one of these huge ones came true, that would be such a shift in society. Yeah. And it's absolutely. weird to think that there's a lot of things that are predicted to happen. This is, I feel like this timeline reads like a script of a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's the funny <laughs> thing, right? Is like those Black Mirror episodes are so powerful because we see like, oh, yeah, that, what are we going to do? A, that's plausible. Yeah, that, what are we going to yeah. do when that happens? And here's a person saying, not only uh, might it happen, but it probably will, you know, which is wild. Speaking of, you know, future, mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw this, but did you see of this robot that can build... Houses within uh, 12 hours. South by Southwest 2018, a robot that can build this $10,000 house within 12 hours. Take a look inside. So it's like a 3D printed house. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it actually is pretty nice. Yeah, it's got a bunch of windows. Uh, It's pretty simple. It's like a a rectangular house. It's nothing too special. It has a kind of interesting roof that extends over the outdoor uh, patio type area and has a bunch of poles coming down and so there is a 3d printing robot that can print the walls roof and floor of this thing which is a cool idea and there actually is a video of like it um printing it, it pipes out almost like a like cake frosting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the this material and like it layers it in a way yeah it's funny when you look at it you know how 3d printed things always have this kind of crazy rough edges to them yeah like this whole house has that which yeah. is cool like it's actually a pretty cool looking vibe so yeah they like prop this like rig and it just you know goes on this track and prints a whole house it's very very cool huh it's very interesting it's not like you just push a button and the house is built it's like building the foundation yeah building the roof and then you put the roof on like all of that stuff but i mean even that that's remarkable and it's seriously it's really beautiful yeah it looks amazing what what seeing this video again reminds me or makes me think it's gonna be awesome or it's it's pretty interesting that we're coming to a place that technology is going to shape culture mm. so I'm, I'm thinking of like uh, uh, adobe you know pueblos and huts i'm thinking of you know swedish houses i'm thinking of you know th- all these regions where architecture, you know, is very stylized and very with the climate. Mm-hmm. But then you have a thing like this. What if like a, cult, a culture, a race, a creed, like this becomes their their house of choice? Yeah. So it said in the video that they're building houses for people in El Salvador. Mm. Like what if these houses just last a super long time? Yeah. And then, you know, generation after generation. And then like people that don't go use the, this route to build their house mm-hmm. still decide to use this style yeah. to do a bigger house, you know? And I think that's pretty wild that technology is making such a like a dent yeah. in culture and like changing and shaping, you know, that's so crazy. I just had that. 
yeah. I thought. And again, going with what we were just talking about, about all the things that are happening in outer space and stuff, This the person, one of the people who's running this organization, which is called Icon and News Story, I think maybe it's two people like collaborating on this, as he said, not only is this good for like the globe, but it's, it has a lot of potential for like outer space because you don't want to take a bunch of two by fours and a bunch of screws and try to make a house in the middle of Mars. Yeah, that's true. But you could take this machine and you could take the material that the machine uses and build something just like you would here, which yeah, is cool. That's wild. It's a really neat idea. So the, see, it's that kind of stuff, you know? So this wasn't so dystopian. This was more... There was yeah, the it whole, wasn't dark. There was one where we said that Europe was going to be destroyed by a heat wave, <laughs> but that was like really far away, so it's okay. You know, <laughs> we're we're good. We're In the good. middle, we're we're doing a lot of cool stuff, healing people, giving them better vision, allowing them to operate, have telepathy, and have these beautiful homes. Like that's super cool, and it's a six hundred and fifty square foot house. I mean, that's a real that's a real living quarters. It's yeah. not some tiny 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 space. And, and only able, 12 hours. Yeah, being able to make it in 12 hours, I mean, that's so remarkable. That stuff really gets me excited about the way that technology can be used for, like, serious good. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I loved it. Hmm. Uh, is it time to talk about Big Mac Guy? <laughs> I think it's time. Okay, so uh, Ben and I have already seen this together, but it's... A rare occurrence. It's, a, it's, an important, it's an important conversation for a show. This is new news... And I mean, this is just a BDYST story if there ever has been one. <laughs> this man has eaten 30,000 Big Macs in his lifetime. That is so disgusting. And I like Big Macs. All right, can I read this? Yes, I'm excited. Please. Yes, All please. right. Don Gorski gobbled down his 30,000th Big Mac Friday at the same McDonald's where he got his first taste of the beefed up, editor's note, gross, <laughs> of the beefed up burger in 1972. At the time, it was the only McDonald's in town, he said, and I had just gotten my driver's license. He said that prior to setting a new world record for most Big Macs consumed, which, man, world records these days, man. I feel like, I feel like this is the same thing as when we thought we were pretty sure we can get into the Olympics. Yeah. You and I could definitely get a couple of world records. Because yeah, why don't we? How many world records are there? Like, there's so many. There's really a world record for most Big Macs consumed? Could I go and get the same thing for, like... You, you know what you should do? Most little tiny cups of ice cream with the weird spoons consumed. Like I don't want to die, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I would like our attempt to enter the Guinness World Record book to be a little bit safe. Yeah. All right. Anyways, the popular fast food chain promoted the Big Mac enthusiast's monumental ingestion. Held at 3 p.m. Okay, editor's notes. Gross. Ingestion. Held at Why 3 p.m. Why are they choosing these words? <laughs> Held at 3 p.m. under the, quote, golden arches on Military Road and attended by McDonald's Fox Valley's franchise owner, D.W. Rouse. Don has a passion for Big Macs like no other, Rouse says. He has been an extremely loyal customer at my Military Road McDonald's. Nice plug there, Rouse, for more than 45 years, and I am excited to celebrate him and his new record. Wait, 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 wait. Have you gone anywhere? I mean, obviously you're not that old, but like going to something for 40 no, years? Dude, that's so long. That's, that's crazy. That's too long. Yeah. You need change, my dude. And not only did he get... The good news from the franchisee, he got it from McDonald's itself, who said, quote, we are loving, apostrophe, <laughs> Don Gorski's enthusiasm for our iconic Big Mac sandwich and appreciate his ongoing loyalty, period, dash, McDonald's USA, period, end quote. I like that. I've never thought about doing that. I want to start giving my quotes with 
like my name in the quote, you know, <laughs> like you, you can quote me on this blah, 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 period, hyphen, Drew Kaufman, period. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so Gorski's got some words. He says, this one is a biggie for me, something I've been looking forward to. Gorski is a 64-year-old retired prison guard, and he last made the news in October 2017 when representatives from the Guinness Book of World Records traveled to Fond du Lac to record him eating his 29,482nd Big Mac broadcast on a Facebook live feed. Okay, How many people watch that? Yeah, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. One, why did they get him on that one? Yeah, that's a weird number. Is it because someone else had eaten that many and he broke the record? Oh, is that the like one record? I don't know. It doesn't say, and it scares me that that might have been the... Like, what happened to that guy? But then he, like, crushed that. <laughs> yeah, I know. He went so far past that. that. Okay, think about that. That was October 2017. 29,482. Wait a minute. We aren't that much further. And he's had about 500 burgers oh my in the span gosh. of a few months. <laughs> That's disgusting, dude. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I he's can't got to have multiple a day. He's not had 500 burgers. He's had 500 Big Macs, an extremely specific burger. 518 yes, Big yes. Macs. Does he have fries and soda with every single one of these Big Macs? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so that was one thing in that one weird paragraph. The other one is that Guinness Book of World Records has a Facebook live feed. I've never once <laughs> watched that. I don't. And who? What, like, you don't check that out on the daily, my who, dude? Who's tuning? Like, who's in the middle of their day and they're like, you know what? I need to see. I need to see this guy eat a Big Mac. Like, that's the thing that you get on video. Is a guy eating a Big Mac alone? There's people that are curious. I guess <laughs> the Big Mac maniac gave a half hour presentation. <laughs> Big Mac maniac. <laughs> a half hour presentation. It, wow. What? What's it about? What did what did he give a presentation about? But to a crowd which which gathered to watch and take his first bite. So there are people, there's an audience for it. He showed off his record books and how he keeps track of thousands of receipts, sandwich wrappers and containers. Gross. Editors note super gross. Like gross. what the heck, man? Okay, keeping your receipts that's fine. That's fine, especially if you're like trying to prove that you're. And doing it's this. got dates and times. It's and got dates, and it's probably pretty interesting, actually, to like look yeah. back and be like, "Wow, this was you know the price changed, or look at the weird receipt, yeah, yeah, or like absolutely. whatever." Sandwich wrappers, gross. Throw that away. Containers, isn't that just the same thing as a sandwich? Like, because well, the Big no, Mac, the Big Mac comes in that cardboard. Yeah, I know, but so what's the sandwich wrapper? Anyways, well, okay, so <laughs> oh wait. Does it come with a little like weird piece of? Okay, they went through a period. Uh, okay, where they McDonald's weren't always school. in clamshell boxes, and even recently they went back to paper wrappers, and then they abandoned that and went back to the clamshell box. Okay, while he has managed through the years to preserve and categorize most everything related to the Big Mac obsession, he did lose about seven thousand or so styrofoam cartons that were damaged in a tornado that blew the soffits off his house on June 2nd, 1990. There were cartons all over the place, he said, so it must have whirled around a bit in the attic. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's very clear. People make fun of me, he said, but it never bothered me. At my last medical checkup, I had low cholesterol, and my blood pressure was perfect. So, And this guy, I mean, there's a picture of him. He looks like a normal dude who loves normal Big Macs. Guy. So. He does not look... Like, he has a weird Big Mac obsession. Yeah, the article describes him as tall and lanky, with a graying ponytail and friendly demeanor. Oh, uh, you can't tell the ponytail from the pictures, what? Gorski has an obsessive-compulsive disorder and a meticulous memory, which lends to his Big Mac habit and his penchant for details. So this guy has OCD. 
great. So that means that he probably has some interesting thing where he wants to have the same food all the time. Among his calculations, Gorski figured that it took him 356 days to eat his first 1,000 Big Macs. On the day that McDonald's founder Ray Kroc died in 1984, Gorski ate his 5,978th Big Mac. Wow. He even has the day when McDonald's switched to shredded lettuce marked down February 10th, 1999. <laughs> well, I love, so like in my head, and I'm sure that it's like some like little simple journal, but in my head it's like, like dear journal, you know, February 10th, 1999. You Today know. was a grave day. Today was a grave day. I went to my McDonald's and I got my Big Mac and and much to my surprise, <laughs> they had changed the lettuce. Yeah, and then How like dare a, they? and then like a description. Everything else was the same. The seeded bun, you know, the thin patties, the you know cheese was slightly colder than normal, but the same, you know, like yeah. Just, I wonder if he takes like those kind of measurements yeah, exactly. and calculations yeah. and like. Mm, cheese is this temperature or that. You know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's actually more seeds on this bun than there was last last week. So through more than four decades, he's gone about eight days total without eating a Big Mac. The first day missed was the hardest, he said, in 1982, when he drove in a snowstorm to get his sandwich and the restaurant was closed. So it wasn't him. It wasn't the, the snowstorm didn't slow him down. He was going to go for the Big Mac. That's impressive. But the McDonald's itself had to shut, shut the doors. And again... I feel like McDonald's is kind of one of those places that just doesn't really close. Yeah, so you know? it must have been a bad snowstorm. Yeah, it was a bad snowstorm, and he drove through it no matter what. Yeah, I feel what. like they're open on like Christmas, Thanksgiving. Yeah, this, this report gets kind of dark at the end. It says, I also made a promise to my mom, he said. She requested I not eat a Big Mac on the day she died in remembrance of her. That day was April 27th, 1988. So another day that he didn't have a Big Mac, which I mean, I'd like to know that whole story. Hey, son. <laughs> You have a problem. <laughs> I love you, but you need to chill. Hey, hey, you know what? Okay, how about this? Uh-huh. When I die, mm-hmm. no Big Mac. I feel like maybe there was like a couple of tragedies that he just was like, like, hey, your Aunt Elma died. Oh, all right, got to go to McDonald's, you know? And she was like, that cannot happen when I pass, you know? Care, care about me, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he does it in memorial of her like every year. No, no, no. It just was when she Just died. that one day. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't dare... April 27th, 1989, the anniversary of his mother's passing. You know he was at that McDonald's eating a Big Mac. Before he left the restaurant, Gorski purchased another Big Mac to eat once he got home. Maybe I'll be eating it when I catch myself on the news. Who knows, he said. So, like, literally, he goes to the McDonald's. He eats the Big Mac. He leaves the McDonald's. He grabs a Big Mac to go. That's a lot of Big Macs. I want to know a breakdown of this man's schedule. Like... yeah. Does he? Because all right, so he loves the Big Mac. There's he loves. No, he loves the Big Mac. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But does he like like the egg McMuffin? Does I don't he like think so. the quarter pounder? Does he like any other dish? No. The apple pies can't possibly. I feel like this guy's got a one track mind, you know, and his one track is. <laughs> also, it's really funny. So again, this just to just to repeat it, this dude is not like morbidly obese. No. Like he he looks like an average uh, older gentleman. I think they should make this gentleman their spokesperson. Yeah, he definitely deserves He needs a to tour a, yeah. and get free Big Macs. Yeah, I completely agree. I bet you he would take a salary in just Big Macs. Yes, absolutely he would. Yeah, he's got no problem with and that. And not one pickle more. Yeah. <laughs> the end of it strikes me because is there a food in the world that you would eat and then go back to the counter and order another one for later that evening? Yes. What? It's not a specific, it's like a dish, it's. White rice, black beans, and steak. Ah, uh, I guess so. Yeah. So you could have I it for lunch. Could have you could that. have it for dinner. Yeah. 
But I mean, I, I'm thinking more of like a restaurant item. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you have a Chipotle burrito and no. then say, you know what? On the way out, let me get another one. No. Barbecue. You know what? Let me get another piece of brisket. No. Taco Bell. You know what? Let me get another no, chalupa. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? That's a commitment. Because, yeah, no, no, no. That's too much. Yeah. That's that's too much. Because rice and beans, like, that's a staple, you know? And, like, that's your heritage, homie. So, like, I understand that. But, like, Big Macs is not <laughs> a heritage. Like, people come from a long line it's of not a staple. Big Mac makers. It's not, like, because rice and beans, it's, like, elemental, you know? Yeah. But Big Mac is many things. <laughs> and it is multiple elements. It's multiple from the, elements. From the periodic table combined together. Yeah, what is the... I'm trying to think. What is like a restaurant? Or what is a thing that I would do? White castles are close. I, I don't think I would do it every day, but like, mm, I could always go for a white castle. Yeah, is there is there something that you would do every day? Because no. also, you're, you're not like the biggest food snob. You're, no. You're pretty low maintenance. I just can't imagine. Because you like doing things, like, you, you do Soylent every day. Yeah. Well, I don't do it every day, but I, I wish... But see, the thing is, is that when I talk about doing that, I'm talking about the absence of flavor. <laughs> I want nutrient cube that tastes <laughs> the same every time and, whoop, you know, has basically... Ah, now I'm, I am, my hunger has been satiated. <laughs> Everything is fine. I can continue working. If I ate a Big Mac every day... Two hours? You'd feel like garbage. Yeah, that's not like the thing that I'm, oh, I feel so great now. You know, like I can't think of a single food where it's like, yep, all I need is this and I'm good <laughs> forever. You know, like, no, 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 no. I don't think that that's, uh... I, you know, you know, it's funny. I think this works because the Big Mac is nothing. You know, the Big Mac is everything and the Big Mac is nothing. The Big Mac is bread. So you get your carbs. Mm -hmm. But what, what, what doughy, <laughs> blo it's, it's like, you know, it just is going to, it is going to stay the same as you eat it. And as it and exits. As, yeah, as it exits. The the beef, you get your protein, but it's like this little thin, these little thin patties. Yeah, onions, it, you get pickles. You get your onions, you get your pickles, you get your lettuce. You get vegetables. You get, you get a little vegetable <laughs> in you, and that's all just is what it is. And you get some sauce, you know? Oh, and cheese. And cheese. You get a little, a little calcium, a little whatever, you know? And even that, it's like, it's not like loaded down with cheese. It's like... Oh, they're very... They, it's super skimpy. Yeah. So you get some it's carbs. The bread is probably the biggest mm -hmm. ingredient yes, in the Big Mac. It's, isn't there three pieces? Or, yes. Yeah, you know, so it's a lot of bread. Actually, there might be four. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of bread. So this guy, he's doing well because he's found a food item that it just, uh, it just, it's just working for him. He's getting everything he needs and nothing more. He's not getting an excess of any of this stuff. It's all, it's all little. It's very good. I wonder if he's married. <laughs> uh, I mean, he doesn't talk about taking a Big Mac to go for his, for his wife.